You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Dave, it's great to be with you today. Uh, it is feels like the freaking middle of August outside today. It's Man, incredible. it's brutal. Uh, hot, steamy, just enough humidity to make it uncomfortable. i got to tell you, it's... Um, uh, it's brutal outside. I'm glad I don't have an outside job today. That's uh, for the you know middle of October at this point. Um, it's, it's coming. I checked with my farmer yesterday. They had uh, they had a freeze in Lubbock last night, uh-huh. and uh, it's coming our way. Is it coming soon? It's coming. Honestly, I'm I'm tired of summer. Three days. Uh, normally, we're about three days behind uh, Texas on this kind of Texas, stuff. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you on that one. Uh, uh, unless a tropical storm gets in the way. I noticed a tree in the parking lot fell. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but they had uh, recently, down by the entrance over here, recently had to cut a tree oh, yeah, yeah, this yeah. morning, it looks like, because uh, you never know exactly what's going to happen. But anyway, it, it's. Uh, I was out last week because I had to travel, but uh, it. Uh, uh, big immigration news fell oh, on wait Sunday a night. Second, wait a I do appreciate you sending me a check. Not to sing, but I will... Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. It was, in fact, my birthday last week. Thank yeah, you, David. 30, 31? I am actually 32 now. 30, oh, my 32 goodness. 32 now. Um, uh, so I'm still young, relatively speaking. Uh, I've only been practicing law for 22 years? Is that uh, 29. But that's... Uh, you, it, it, you started at three. What? You're incredible. I am incredible. I, I'm like the Doogie Howser of lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to tell you this, but probably about... Fifty percent of the people listening don't even know who Doogie Howser is. No, that's Lawrence. probably true. Doogie Howser, Doogie Howser, MD. This is before How I Met Your Mother. Is what uh, what this is. Um, I, but, it was black and white television. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Doogie Howser was a great show back in the day. It was cutting edge, cutting edge television. A sixteen year old doctor. Um, but we had some big immigration news uh, on Sunday night. Uh, Donald Trump's immigration brain, or better yet, his anti-immigration brain. Uh, has managed to undo the, quote, deal between Donald Trump and your two favorite uh, folks in Congress, Nancy Pelosi and uh, Chuck Schumer. Uh, And um, if you all recall, uh, Chuck and Nancy, um, as Don likes to call them, uh, had said that um, Trump had agreed to uh, the DREAM Act. You know, he would sign the DREAM Act and we'd all be good. Uh, We'd all be uh, joining hands and singing Kumbaya. And then uh, on Sunday night, uh, an urgent, urgent press conference was just called um, for um, uh, folks to get on the phone and find out the most urgent thing coming out of the White House in the middle of a Sunday night uh, in October, which was Stephen Miller's Immigration Principles and Policies. Under the guise of Donald Trump, uh, Donald Trump couldn't couldn't repeat these to you uh, if you gave him an hour to prepare. Uh, but let's look at this because uh, what this what 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 Trump and Miller have now done is they have tied the Dream Act to the worst set of economy and society destroying immigration proposals that we have seen since we closed immigration to America in 1922. Uh, these will uh, these provisions will literally 
uh, hamper economic growth in our country for the next generation, if any of these ever saw the light of day. Now, I am told, David, uh, by relatively good sources that um, there is zero chance that any of this drivel will ever see the light of day in Congress. Now, most of this drivel comes out of... uh, Um, our own beloved Senator David Perdue's uh, anti-immigration or gasmatron wish list. Uh, But uh, uh, let's take a look at it. We're going to do a deep dive today, both about uh, Stephen Miller uh, as well as about uh, his immigration proposals. Now, um, David, what should we do first? Let's talk about the immigration proposals. Should we talk about the man first or the the child, the man-child who's in charge of this? I'm not talking about Donald Trump, but rather Steve Miller. Um, Steve Miller is a 32-year-old conservative uh, white nationalist sycophant who has been focused uh, on eradicating America of Latinos uh, since he was in high school when he jettisoned his Latino friends uh, at the time. Now, it's unclear exactly how a uh, young Jewish boy from Malibu uh, became the... uh, Spokesman, uh, or better, better said, the brain behind the uh, anti-immigration Trump campaign and provisions from the White House, um, buddy, he clearly is. Um, uh, Miller uh, is really interesting uh, in his um, uh, in his take on this, uh, and certainly was um, uh, quite. Uh, probably taken aback by Trump's deal with uh, uh, with um, uh, with Nancy and Chuck, uh, so much so that apparently he's been working behind the scenes, uh, apparently skirting around uh, either skirting around Kelly or Kelly's bizarre tacit approval uh, to get sign on onto his immigration uh, wish list here. So let's talk about this next here. We'll go back to Miller uh, after one of our breaks here. Uh, this um, this list of immigration principles and policies contains 72 of some of the worst ideas you have ever heard of on immigration. They are literally taken from the Center for Immigration Studies and FAIR and Numbers USA, so, uh, eugenics uh, blogs and uh, anti-immigration, anti-growth um, uh, uh, websites to put on here. So let's start out, David with his first proposal, which is border security. Because we all know the border is wide open, and people are walking through, and the Border Patrol agents, the 20,000 of them that have been uh, authorized, only 17,000 actually work right now, um, are literally sitting on their hands in the desert uh, playing, uh, playing country music on the radio station and ignoring people who walk by them uh, with, uh, with drugs and cantaloupe calves. Uh, frankly, it's uh, it's a bizarre desire on this border security. When you look at uh, the effective work the Border Patrol has done in securing the southern border, so much so that this last year saw, uh, you know, I'm talking about 2016, not 2017 numbers, yet, but 2016 saw the lowest number of people detained at the border and thus coming across since Richard Nixon was president of the United States. So his first proposal is the border wall. That's what he said, quote, our porous southern border. Now, I'm going to have to ask you, David. I would like an answer to this. When do you stop using the word porous and southern border in the same sentence? 
Is is it more than a year from the time you've been president, or you have to wait two years from when you're president, or can you keep saying it throughout your presidency to simply modify the term southern border as a permanently porous thing? David doesn't know. He doesn't know when you can stop using the word porous. Uh, when did porous become a bad thing? I thought pores were good. Don't you sweat through your pores? I think uh, you quit using it when there are no more uh, uh, undocumented coming across the border. Wouldn't that be leaky? Wouldn't leaky be a better word? No, I think porous. Porous is better because it gives this impression that it's literally wide open. Anybody can come across. It's the easiest thing in the world to do. My God, the brown hordes from the south are coming to kill us all. Wait, wait a second. That sounds racist. Oh, okay. It's because this is racist. All right. Um, our poorest southern border presents a clear threat to our national security and public safety and is exploited by drug traffickers and criminal cartels. Well, there's no doubt that the drug traffickers are using cross-border uh, work and that cartels run that. Okay, we get that. That seems to be a drug problem, not an immigration problem. And somehow, David, a border wall is going to stop drug traffickers and criminal cartels because they have never heard of ladders and tunnels. Shh, don't tell anybody about ladders and tunnels. They'll never... or balloons or launchers or catapults or bulldozers or anything else you can use to go through or around a wall. Uh, the administration, therefore, proposes completing construction of a law, wall along the southern border of the United States because we know that no drugs and no criminal cartels operate on our northern borders nor do they operate on our coasts. So we can leave our coasts and our northern border completely open because only good people come from the north and into our oceans. Only good people. Only bad people on the southern border. Only good people on the northern border. Only good people on the east and west coasts and the Caribbean of the United States. So they want to ensure funding for the southern ball and associated infrastructure. And I think I'm... I recall somebody running for president saying something like Mexico will pay for the wall. Do you remember that? Mexico will pay for the wall? I think there was something about that in the campaign. I, maybe somebody can remind me. I, maybe you can find a clip somewhere about Trump saying that the Mexicans will pay for the wall. I don't know. Um, to authorize DHS to raise, collect, and use certain processing fees from immigration benefit applications and border crossings for functions related to border security. Physical. Oh, oh, so David, they have figured out how to pay for the wall. We'll make immigrants pay for the wall. We'll make people who actually cross the border pay for the wall. Ah, that, that will ensure we'll be able to build a huge wall. Because <clears throat> people want to say, I want to come to America. So I can pay a tax at the port of entry so they can build the wall and they can feel safe and warm and cuddly and calm and don't worry about the brown hordes from the south coming in because that's not racist at all. Um, 
improve infrastructure and security on the, the northern border. Okay, how? How? How do you, how, I'm just kind of curious how you're going to do that. Well, forget about it. Details are unimportant in Stephen Miller's brain. Uh, unaccompanied alien children. Okay, loopholes in current laws prevent unaccompanied alien children that arrive in the country illegally from being removed. <clears throat> no, that's, that's actually called humanity. What you call a loophole, we actually call humanity. Uh, being human, you may want to try that occasionally, Mr. Miller. Being human is kind of a good thing. Uh, good for everybody. Uh, good for you, maybe. Might try it once or twice. Uh, certainly good for everybody else in America. Uh, and it's not a loophole. It's the law. Uh, that's just the reality. Plus, unaccompanied alien children generally are coming here because their home countries are so dangerous that they are seeking asylum here. And we have obligations internationally under the treaties we have signed to protect people seeking asylum in the United States, particularly children. Um, and generally speaking, they don't arrive illegally. They actually come up to the port of entry and they say, hey, I'm afraid to go back. That's not an illegal entry. That's a perfectly legal attempt to use and benefit from the laws that are in place and the treaties we have signed. Uh, rather than being deported, they are instead being sheltered by the Department of Health and Human Services, a taxpayer sense. Well, no, not necessarily. You don't actually have to shelter them. You actually have to put them with family who will care for them, and then there are no further benefit, no further payments. So, wow, this is it's amazing how uh, Miller has used language so offensive. It's just without using the word eugenics anywhere uh, or killing babies or anti-population or pro-abortion. It's amazing what you have done to demonize kids who are seeking a safe haven for their lives. Um, and uh, Dave, let's take a break right there. Let that sink in for our listeners here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Si usted tiene problemas con inmigración o asuntos que tiene que arreglar, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Tenemos más de 50 años de experiencia haciendo las leyes de inmigración y defendiendo a los inmigrantes. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611 o al www.immigration.net. Whether cruising the strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. David, we have been um, um, uh, talking about uh, uh, the Stephen Miller, uh, uh, what do you want to call it, um, wish list that uh, he was able to issue Sunday night 
uh, as Trump's immigration, anti-immigration brain. We're talking about undocumented children. This is what he wants to do. The loopholes in the current law create a dramatic pull factor for additional illegal immigration, and in recent years, there's been a significant increase in the apprehension of UACs on our southern border. Actually, most of them actually just shown up and asked for asylum. And therefore, they want to amend the current law to ensure the expeditious return of UACs and family units. David, what's, what's a family unit? Oh, that's a family. It's a family. So they want to send families back. Okay, all right. So here's what they want to do. They want to amend the William Wilberforce Trafficking Victims Protection Reauthorization Act of 2008 to treat all unaccompanied minors the same regardless of their country of origin. So as long as they are not victims of human trafficking, can be safely returned or removed to safe third countries. Uh, Clarify that alien minors, you would think they're like little babies with big green eyes and, and, and no clothes and genitalia. Alien minors who are not unaccompanied by a parent or legal guardian are not entitled to possession of protections granted to UACs. Ah, Terminate the Flores settlement by passing legislation stipulating care standards for minors in custody and clarify corresponding provisions of TIVPRA that supersede the FSA. Hmm. Amend the definition of special immigrant, this is what you call juveniles, as a juvenile to require that the applicant prove that reunification with both parents are not viable due to abuse, neglect, or abandonment, and the applicant is a victim of trafficking. So he wants two-year-olds to prove their parents don't want them. Wow. If there is a picture of evil in the dictionary, it might have Stephen Miller's name on it. It just, it just may. Um, and he also wants to do this. This is great. Repeal the requirement that asylum officers have initial jurisdiction over unaccompanied minor asylum applications to expedite processing. Hmm. Now, why would he do that? Oh, because asylum officers understand asylum law and do grant these cases, whereas he can appoint immigration judges who don't really care and just want to do the administration's bidding so they can get a better job and a better better cushy pension and just start deporting all these kids all at once. Yeah, I tell you, David, the chance of any of these provisions being put into law is zero. Zero. Write that down, David. It's zero. Asylum reform. This is actually, remember, this is under border security. Asylum reform. The massive asylum backlog has allowed illegal immigrants to enter and stay in the U.S. by exploiting asylum loopholes. Loopholes. There's that word again, David. What does that mean? What does a loophole mean? A loophole is a hole in a loop. I'm not really quite sure. I think what he's trying to say here is that people are using the law as they're required to. So if you believed in the rule of law, then you'd have to support this. Huh. wonder how he jives that with this whole rule of law thing. Oh, that's the good thing here. Miller doesn't have to jive this. One, he's not a lawyer, so he doesn't really get a lot of this stuff. Two, he's a eugenicist and... Three, he hates brown people. So I think we've got a really interesting situation here about what he really wants to do with asylum. So here's, there are more than 270,000 pending cases in the asylum backlog before USCIS and approximately 250,000 asylum cases before EOIR. 
Therefore, the administration proposes correcting the systemic deficiencies that created that backlog. Now, David, here's what's interesting, because Miller wasn't even hardly in elementary school the last time we dealt with this. This is not the first time this happened. This is why we changed our asylum laws in 1996 to make them more difficult to use. And yet, despite their difficulty to use, we are in an era of the greatest number of refugees in world history, and thus you would think we would get our share of such people. You would think that. So here's what he wants to do. Significantly tighten standards and eliminate loopholes in our asylum system. Huh? What is the loophole he's talking about, and what standards is he talking about? We don't really know. Two, elevate the threshold center to proof in credible fear interviews. Now, David, a credible fear interview, you show up at the airport from Venezuela, and you're trailing behind you uh, droplets of blood from getting shot at an anti-Maduro rally. You will be detained by CBP. And you will have to pass a credible fear test to show why you're afraid to go back to Venezuela in order for you then to apply, actually apply for asylum in the United States. A credible fear, the standard is there has to be a literally a credible, you are credible when you say you're afraid to go back. That's why it's called credible fear. It's a very low standard, but still people don't pass it on occasion. But it's designed to let you then seek asylum, which you may or may not get in the United States. So credible fear was put into the law in 1996, which we didn't have a credible fear standard, to kind of weed out. So he wants to increase the standard, I don't know, probably to regular asylum standards. Impose and enforce penalties for the filing of frivolous, baseless, or fraudulent asylum applications and expand the use of expedited removal as appropriate. Now, David, there actually is a penalty in the law for a frivolous asylum application. And do you know what that is? Permanent bar. You can never immigrate to the United States. What does he want to do? He wants to criminalize this. He wants to scare people into not applying for asylum. Uh, Next, close loopholes. Here's that word again. Close loopholes in the law to bar terrorist aliens from entering the country and receiving any immigration benefits. Terrorist aliens? Getting immigration benefits? David, have you heard of this? Why do you think somebody who hates immigrants as much as Miller would put this in here? Because he wants you to think that there are terrorist aliens getting immigration benefits when, in fact, there are not. There are not. There are bars to such things. And... Really? So what did you do when you were in Syria? Oh, I was a terrorist. Oh, come on in. Come, just come on in. We'll, we'll give you a green card. Have a nice day. You think that really happens? Of course it doesn't happen. But by putting it in here, you can scare people. I wonder who Stephen Miller dresses up for at Halloween. I wonder what he dresses up as. I should get me a Stephen Miller mask for Halloween. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Expand next thing, expand the ability to return asylum seekers to safe third countries. Okay, what country is going to take them? First of all, we have an obligation to handle asylum seekers under the treaty that we signed. Who's going to take the the, the wretched refuse of, of your teeming shores back? And really, that's a great question, right? America, you know, the bastion of the world's freedom and liberty. 
sending asylum seekers to where? Mauritania? You know, just crazy. Ensure only appropriate use of parole authority for aliens with credible fear of asylum claims to deter meritless claims and ensure the swift removal of those whose claims are denied. Um, this is interesting because uh, uh, they already don't parole very many people. <laughs> so I don't know what he's talking about. Nothing's uh, that's, that's done administratively. Prevent aliens who have been granted asylum who enter the country from attending if they are convicted of an aggravated felony. Oh, okay. So if you've been granted asylum or enter as a refugee, if you commit an aggravated felony, generally you are put on the pathway to deportation. You can get a waiver, but it depends on the type of aggravated felony. You don't necessarily grant it. He wants to ban them at all, as if that happens frequently, David. I can tell you it happens in a minuscule percentage of the people. And really, when he uses the term aggravated felony, is he talking about a bar fight? Talk about shoplifting? Because that's what an aggravated felony is. Um, Require review of the asylee or refugee status of an alien who returns to their home country absent a material change in circumstances or country conditions. Well, that already happens. That already happens on a regular basis. Okay, next. The next big thing here, the ensure swift border returns. Immigration judges and supporting personnel, I don't know who the supporting personnel are, face an enormous case backlog which cripples our ability to remove illegal immigrants in a timely manner. The administration, therefore, proposes providing additional resources to reduce the immigration court backlog and ensure the swift return of illegal border crossers. Seek appropriations to hire an additional 370 immigration judges. David, do you know what I'm going to do? I think I'll fly to be an immigration judge. You think they'll hire me? You think they'll hire me, really? Would you hire me as an immigration judge? Sure. This would be totally awesome. Uh, establish performance metrics for immigration judges, as if they don't have them already. Seek appropriations to hire an additional 1,000 ICE attorneys with sufficient support personnel and ensure sufficient resources for detention. So he wants to increase the number of people in private prisons. I bet you CCA stock went up when I saw this. Hire an additional ICE attorneys. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know where they're going to get a thousand lawyers willing to sell their soul, but maybe they'll find a couple. And 370 immigration judges. Maybe I might apply for one of those jobs, David. That would be interesting to apply for those jobs. But the performance metrics, they measure you on how many people you deport. That would be an interesting set of circumstances. Um, next. Inadmissible aliens. The current statutory grounds for inadmissibility are too narrow. Now, David, I just taught this to my in, my in class last week at Emory, and they were like, oh, my gosh, nobody can get in the country. And allow the admission for individuals who threaten our public safety. Do you really believe that our laws allow in people that threaten our public safety? Expand, here's what he wants to do. Expand the grounds of inadmissibility to include gang membership. All right, does that actually mean being a gang member? Or does that actually just somebody who you heard might be in a gang because they wore red to, to school one time when they were 12? Hmm. Expand the grounds of inadmissibility of those who have been convicted of an aggravated felony, which is currently only a ground of deportability. Identity theft, which is not anything right now. Fraud related to Social Security, fraud is already in there. Domestic violence, which is already a deportability offense. Child abuse, which is already a deportability offense. Drunk driving offenses, which are not actually deportable offenses at all or admissibility offenses. Failure to register as a sex offender or certain firearm offenses. Uh, 
which are not currently Indian grants and military grants, but are in fact deportation grants. So what he's trying to do is make the same things that are deportation grounds as inadmissibility grounds. And he also wants to expand the grounds of admissibility to include former spouses and children of individuals engaged in drug trafficking and trafficking in persons. Hmm. Now, next, discourage illegal reentry. Many Americans are victims of crime committed by individuals who repeatedly enter the country illegally, which also undermines the entire system. Therefore, they propose increasing penalties for repeat border crossers and those with the past prior to look, it's really get five years in prison. You can't increase penalties without increasing federal prison time. So again, buy stock in uh, core civic if Stephen Miller continues to get his wish list and Congress goes with let's take our next break on the Immigration Now on America's Web Radio. Si usted ha casado con un ciudadano o tiene problemas con inmigración o tiene una oferta de trabajo, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Con más de 100 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración, conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611, o visítenos al www.immigration.net. My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. We've been going through um, uh, the the inside of Trump's immigration brain, Stephen Miller's wish list for immigration. Um, now, one thing here, David, I actually don't dis- necessarily disagree with. Uh, this is where they want to provide... DHS provide foreign assistance to, to Central and South American countries to handle migration flows. I mean, this actually, right now they're prohibited from doing that, supposedly. I don't know that for sure. But why aren't we helping countries like El Salvador, like Honduras, like Guatemala, handle people who we legitimately deport, people that you know have criminal convictions, or those we illegitimately report, moms and dads, so they can, they don't become victims of crime. They don't become, uh, uh, they don't have the issues that cause future flow. Um, and then finally, Mr. Miller wants to expand the grounds of removability under a, the what they call the expedited re- removal category. And this basically gives CBP officers judge-like powers. This is a bad idea. ER is already a bad idea. It would be an even more bad idea if they expanded. All right, number two. On Mr. Miller's seven-page wish list, interior enforcement, sanctuary cities, because no city should be a sanctuary, David. No city should protect its citizens. No city should in any way help people, ever, in any way. Um, 
So hundreds, this is what he says, quote, hundreds of sanctuary jurisdictions release dangerous criminals and empower violent cartels like the MS-13 by refusing to turn over incarcerated criminal aliens to federal authorities. Wow. You know, some people would say that was an exaggeration. Some would say it's a misrepresentation. Others who were honest would say that's a lie. Um, What he is referring to are administrations in different cities and counties and states which simply say we do not recognize your, your unauthorized, unconstitutional detainer request on an individual that is not supported by probable cause. Now, if ICE issued a detainer supported by probable cause, I don't know of a single jurisdiction, not one, that does not recognize that. So if ICE wasn't lazy, they could get probable cause to arrest somebody and give that warrant that probable cause warrant to the jail. Otherwise, the cities have been sued all over the country for unconstitutionally detaining people. It's illegal to hold somebody in jail unless you have probable cause. And that's like David Conlaw 101. David, you're kind of a fan of the Constitution, right? You're a big Constitution guy. You got one sitting right there on the desk. It's even open, folks. What page is that open to, David? What do you what do you, what do you have today's Constitution open to? What what, uh, what what clause do you have there? Or is it just kind of turned to the middle of the? No, it's not the middle of the book. What are you looking at right there? What's what do you what are you reading right there? So you're looking at the uh, legislative folks right now, okay? Um, well, if we skip to the amendments, we would find that really, really important amendment called due process uh, and uh, the, the, the obligations to have a warrant to arrest somebody in the Sixth Amendment. So he wants to do away with that. So here's what he wants to do. He wants to restrict government aid to cities uh, that fail to cooperate with any U.S. government entity regarding enforcement of immigration laws any entity provides service or benefits to aliens not entitled to receive them under the federal law, and any state or local church provides federal plea agreements or sentencing for alien criminal offense for the purposes of immigration consequences and convictions. Oh, this is where he's trying to now manipulate the federal. This is truly the federal government getting involved in the, in the nitty-gritty of local prosecutors. So if a prosecutor says, wait a second, you mean if you plead guilty to shoplifting and you get a 12-month sentence... You'll be deported for the rest of your life. But if I give you a 11-month or 29-day sentence, you're okay. I don't need to banish you. This is, I mean, this is truly stunning uh, uh, manipulation at the local jurisdictional level. I thought these folks supported state rights. But you see, this is where they betray themselves. They don't support smaller government. Obviously, they wouldn't want to hire thousands, tens of thousands of new people in federal government. Neither do they support local control. They support federal government oversight because they believe in eugenics and they want to have a smaller population in America. They want to have a wider population in America. That's what this is really about. And you have to read this with a full knowledge of the law and what they're talking about. And when you do that, 
you get a much better understanding of exactly where these people are coming from. Clarify, here's the next thing they want to do, clarify ICE's detainer authority uh, and state and local to honor that authority so that states will continue to detain an individual pursuant to up to 48 hours. Again, he's acknowledging here in a sideways way that ICE's detainer authority is limited and it's only by the goodwill of the jurisdiction and their nonchalance of constitutional requirements that allow them to honor that request. So that's what you get here. That's what you get here. Now, here's what they want to do. Um, they, oh, he also wants Congress to provide indemnification for state and local governments protect them from civil liability based upon compliance with immigration standards. Again, you're reaching the lines. He knows they're getting sued. He knows they're paying attorney's fees. He knows they're losing. He knows they're paying civil judgments for illegally detaining people. He wants the federal government, i.e. your tax dollars, to pay for their unconstitutional actions. That's what he wants you to do here. Let's be very intimately clear about what this actually is. Um, Now, uh, the next thing that he wants to do um, is clarify the definition of criminal conviction for immigration prevention purposes to prevent jurisdictions from vacating or modifying criminal convictions to protect illegal immigrants and roll back erosion of criminal grounds moved by courts under the categorical approach. Again, he wants to tell local judges, prosecutors, county attorneys, city court judges how to do their cases under the current very aggressive immigration laws and definition of conviction. So whereas you as a citizen could go back and get your conviction modified because it was incorrectly done and improperly done and erroneously done, he does he wants Congress to say that's illegal as it applies to immigrants. That is the height of hypocrisy and likely unconstitutional, by the way, uh, because you can't treat similar situated groups the same way, different ways. All right, next B, under his interior enforcement, uh, he wants to grant immigration authorities to states and localities. And by this, he wants basically to authorize state and local governments to pass legislation that will support federal law enforcement efforts. Now, why does he need Congress to do this, David? Because it's currently unconstitutional. Whiting versus Arizona. We know that. Uh, We know Glar versus uh, uh, Deal here in Georgia. We know what it is. Um, He wants to incentivize local governments to enter into an agreement with the federal government for 287G, all right, which they already do. Um, But they they need more money for that. And he wants to provide the same immunity (coughs) to state and local law enforcement agencies performing immigration enforcement duties within the scope of the official law role as provided the federal law enforcement agency. Right now, they can also be subject to lawsuit under state and federal law if they're enforcing federal law incorrectly, which they always do because they don't understand it. Now, next, another part of interior enforcement, visa overstays. Visa overstays account for roughly 40% of illegal immigration. Actually, is wrong. It's well over 50% at this point. The administration, therefore, proposes strengthening the removal process for those who overstay and otherwise violate the terms of their visas and implementing measures to prevent future overstays, which may account for a growing percentage of illegal immigration. Okay, one, 
discourage overstays by classifying such conduct as a misdemeanor. That is right. He is acknowledging that overstaying your visa is not a crime. It is not a crime to do that. And if it's not a crime to do that, you can't call them criminals. So he wants to criminalize. So basically, he wants to now criminalize these overstays. Now, David, you know as well as I do that you cannot pass a law today that says X is a crime and then arrest everybody who has, who has violated X in the past, right? That's called ex post facto. You cannot create a crime that's so it wouldn't apply to the literal millions of people that are here uh, now undocumented who came as visa overstays. It would only apply going forward. Now, generally speaking, criminalizing something that's already criminal in, in another context, I don't necessarily have a problem with. Um, but what comes next is very interesting, what he wants to do. Require that all non-immigrant visas held by an alien may be canceled when one non-immigrant visa was held by that is canceled. So that's actually what they call 221G, where your visa is canceled if you overstay it. But the way Congress wrote it, it's interpreted it's only that visa that you entered on, not another visa that may be in your passport. That applies to very few people. Bar all visa overstays for immigration benefits for a certain period of time with no waiver. So you want to create a permanent bar for people, basically. Um, clarify that that's, that's, that's harsh, uh, because basically it goes into the no forgiveness area. Clarify that the government does not bear any expense for legal counsel for any visa overstay or removal. Well, that's already the law. I mean, that's just stupid. That just makes you want to believe we're already doing it, and it's not simply not true. Um, three, require DHS provide all the data relating to any deportable alien to the National Justice Center's NCIC for purposes of alien inclusion in the immigration violators file, with the exception of aliens who cooperate with DHS on criminal investigations. Whatever. Uh, enhance the vetting of bond sponsors for those aliens who enter without inspection. Just for bond sponsors to undergo thorough background checks prior to being alien. So this is meant to delay people from getting released. So, Dave, if you want to go bond somebody out, in cust- let's say you have a good friend and they tell you, David, look, I can't afford it. I've got my, my, my cousin came at the border. His bond is 12 Will you go pay it for me? I'll give you the money. You would have to go undergo a background check, a deep vetting before you could post it. How long do you think that would take? And then you're in the government's database. Again, it's meant to dissuade people from bonding people out. And then finally, permit the Department of State to review the criminal background of foreign diplomats or government officials contained in the NCIC before visa adjudication um, so, basically denying official visas, which is very unusual. All right, next. Here's this great. The relatively small number of ICE officers is grossly inadequate to serve a nation of 320 million people with tens of millions of tourists and visitors crossing the U.S. ports of entry every year. ICE officers do not monitor ports of entry. That would be CBP. There's 20,000 of them. There are currently around 10,000 ICE officers, David. Uh, therefore, he seeks appropriations, Mr. Miller does, to hire an additional 10,000 ICE officers. 10,000 ICE officers. David, where do you think 10,000 ICE officers come from? Where does that, where does that come from, 10,000 ICE officers? How much does that cost? Let's let's be gentle. How much do you think an ICE officer makes? David? Let's say fifty on average, kind of fifty thousand. That's probably, you know. Let's say no. Let's no. Let's not. Let's say forty. Let's say they make forty. Ten thousand times forty thousand a year. That's what four billion dollars. 
$4 billion a year. Do the math, right? That's uh, how many zeros? you got four zeros plus another four zeros. That's eight zeros. Uh, one zero, 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 zero. Um, we'll get the right zeros here. Yeah, like $4 billion, right? So that's just their salary. Benefits, pensions, cars, workplace. You're talking about billions of dollars added to ICE enforcement. Let's take a break. Let's contemplate that on our break here on the Immigration Art America's Web Radio. Soy Charles Cook, el jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado. Con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración, conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos en el internet. www.immigration.net. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. So today we were talking about adding... $4 billion to the federal budget to hire 10,000 ICE officers. Uh, they also want to hire an additional 300 federal prosecutors. Those are U.S. attorneys, by the way, uh, to support federal immigration prosecution efforts. And they don't talk about the jails. They're going to have to increase to the jails. Um, and to expedite reforms, expedite re, the responsible addition of a new ICE personnel. You know what they mean? Do away with the lie detector test. Remember that show we talked about that, that 70% of CBP Border Patrol applicants failed the lie detector test? That's why they can't replace people. I mean, they, they're, they're actually shrinking the Border Patrol because they can't hire people fast enough due to attrition. They can't hire. And they want to add 10,000 Border Patrol agents, too. 20,000 Border Patrol. They want to double the Border Patrol. So they have another $12 billion of the budget. Um, next, detention authority. He wants various laws and rulings have eroded ICE's ability to detain illegal immigrants, including criminal aliens, such that criminal aliens are released from ICE custody into our communities. Well, let's be clear. That's the Supreme Court that does that, David. Supreme Court says you cannot detain somebody indefinitely if you can't deport them. I mean, you just can't. That's what our Constitution says. You can't deport somebody forever. You can't, unless they're serving a criminal sentence, you can't detain them. So basically, he wants to require the detention of an alien who was not inspected and admitted to the United States, who holds a revoked non-immigrant visa, or is deportable failing to maintain non-immigrant status, and been charged with a crime that resulted in the death or seriously bodily injury. Well, they already detained those people. People aren't getting out. I don't know anybody who's getting out in that circumstance. David, legal workforce, remember this interior enforcement. Okay, here's what he wants to do. Require the use of electronic status e-verify to ensure the legal workforce. They want everybody to use it. They want to preempt any state or local law related to employment of unauthorized aliens. 
imposed strong penalties, including the debarment of federal contractors for failure to comply with E-Verify, increased penalties for any person or entity engaging in a pattern or practice of violations, require Social Security to disclose information to DHS, which they don't currently do, expand the definition of unlawful employment discrimination to include replacement of U.S. workers by non-immigrant workers or the preferential hiring of such foreign workers over U.S. citizen workers. Ah, good luck with that ever passing. And finally, strengthen laws prohibiting document fraud related to employment or to any other immigration benefit. Okay. Deportable aliens. All right. Expand the grounds of deportability to include explicitly include gang members, because right now we don't explicitly include gang members. We just deport them for the crimes they commit. Expand the grounds of deportability to include those convicted of multiple drunk driving offenses, which we don't currently do. Expand the grounds of deportability to exclude those who fail to register as a sex, sex offender. I don't have a problem with that one, actually. Clarify the technical definition of aggravated felony by referring to an offense relating to it. So basically he wants to have even more aggravated felonies. Um, so finally says, today gang members, known gang members, are still able to win immigration benefits despite the dangers they pose to American society. Honestly, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know a single known gang member that ICE has known of in the last 20 years that they haven't deported. I don't know a single one. Um, and then they have some visa security issues, which really don't pertain to internal enforcement, but which they put here anyway. Um, but they want to increase fees, basically. And then finally, the merit-based, number three, the merit-based immigration system. The current immigration system prioritizes extended family-based chain immigration. You know, they've gotten to use, they've gotten the, the mainstream media to use this word chain immigration as opposed to family immigration. See, what they do again, they dehumanize people. These are people who want to bring mom and dad. These are people that want to bring their spouses. These are people who want to bring their children. And these people who want to, if they can wait 20 years, bring their brothers and sisters. That's not a chain. That's called family reunification. And family immigration has been the backbone of the most successful immigration system the world has ever known. And it's created the greatest country in the history of the world. Period. End of story. That's exactly what immigration has done, principally on the backs of family-based immigration. So here's, now here's what is decades of low-skilled immigration has suppressed wages fueled unemployment, and strained federal resources. Every one of those statements is not only patently false, but completely unprovable by Mr. Miller. It's, they're simply untrue, blatantly untrue. Now, my good friends at Cato have proven they're untrue. I urge you to go to Cato's blog today. Uh, David Beer, who has been a show guest on our show, has talked about the, each of these issues. But this is just literally patently false. So here's what they The administration proposes establishing a merit-based immigration that protects U.S. workers and taxpayers. These guys don't care about taxpayers. They're about to spend $4 billion on 10,000 ICE agents they don't need. They could care less. They have Tom Price flying everywhere to have lunch with his kid on the government dime. They don't care. They have Mnuchin going to honeymoon with his wife on government jets. And they have Trump playing 69 rounds of golf, which I'm monumentally jealous of, in the last nine months on the government dime. When he said he would work night and day in the White House, he wouldn't be like Obama who played, like, what, 
12 rounds of golf a year? Give me a break. Give me a break, man. Um, and so, one, end extended family chain immigration. See, a chain, again, they modify immigration by using a word like porous, by using a word like chain, to make it sound bad. Whereas family immigration has been, again, the backbone of the most successful immigration experiment in world history. Uh, so by limit to spouses and minor children of the immigrant um, and replace it, so they're going to end it, okay, and merit-based that their skills and economic contributions over family connections. Well, who is going to immigrate here, David? Just ask this question. If you know you can't bring your parents ever. You're an only child, which is very common in some countries, or, or the only son of another country. You have a societal and cultural obligation to care for your parents. Would you immigrate to America if you couldn't bring your parents? No, of course you wouldn't. These guys know exactly what they're doing. They know. Ex- they think they're onto something here. When in reality, what they're promoting is a eugenics platform, a platform to shrink the population of the United States, to get rid of and end brown and black and Asian immigration, and in every way try to nationalize this country behind people who look scarily like Stephen Miller, himself the grandson of Belarusian asylees uh, fleeing uh, the czar's Russia. Um, I mean, the hypocrisy doesn't doesn't cease to amaze me. Also establish a new points-based system for awarding green cards um, based on factors that allow individuals to successfully assimilate and support themselves financially. Again, insinuating that immigrants can support themselves financially, which I see them do every single day, regardless of their status. Eliminate the diversity lottery program, which eliminates African immigration. Just be clear, African immigration comes to an end. Uh, limit the number of refugees, prevent abuse of generous usage readmissions process. We already accept now among, with Trump's new numbers, far below our per capita share of any other industrialized country. That's what we're taking in. Uh, Trump is making America stingy and miserable again. He is literally the Scrooge of the Western world. The Scrooge before the visits, uh, David, not the Scrooge after the visits. Um, so, I mean, that, that is a summary of, of Trump's brain's uh, proposal. These are all, every one of these issues are DOA in Congress. Now, the insinuation is that Trump would not sign the DREAM Act if it didn't include all or some of these things. I predict that Congress will, in fact, pass a DREAM Act that includes virtually none of these things. There might be a token amount of a billion dollars for the wall, or they might say every kid's got to pay $1,000, and you could put that in the wall, whatever you want to do. Um, but I do not see this as, uh, uh, as anything other than complete junk. Uh, now, a little bit about Mr. Miller before we go. I would encourage you uh, to, uh, to Google Mr. Miller. And would you just Google his name, David? Is that what you do? Stephen Miller? That's all you have to put in there? Nothing else, and, and you you come up with some very interesting, uh, interesting things in here, um, and uh, it's it's fascinating uh, what uh, people uh, really uh, think about Mr. Miller. 
something. Some people compared him to Voldemort, by the way. I don't know if David you've seen that picture. It's like Voldemort from Harry Potter. Uh, kind of looks like that. He reminds me of Roy Cohn from the 1950s. That's who he reminds me of. Uh, um, somebody said, Stephen Miller looks like if a kidnapping van were a person. <laughs> that's, that's kind of funny. Um, uh, somebody also said you should go to his Wikipedia entries uh, and take a look at and here's what somebody wrote. This is Mary Sue, Mrs. TheMarySue.com. Stephen Miller is the worst kid you grew up with, the most annoying, annoying boy in your neighborhood. He who heard his heard his uncle or someone once say something racist and never stopped parodying it back to everyone he met. He turned conservative at the age of 12 when he read Guns, Crime, and Freedom, a dated, racist, argumentative, argumentatively anecdotal book about how Democrats basically use the Constitution as toilet paper, written by the CEO of the NRA. He clearly enjoyed being politically correct. Um, read, being a trolling little racist poop weasel. <laughs> he would allegedly tell Latino students at his high school to speak English. He also called a friend the summer before starting high school to defriend him, giving the boy a play-by-play of all the reasons the friendship was ending, including his Latin heritage. After 9-11, he wrote to a local paper saying that because of his school's pacifist response, Osama bin Laden would feel very welcome at Santa Monica High School. Also, his yearbook quote stated, there can be no 50-50 Americanism in this country. There is room for only one, only room here for 100% Americanism, but only for America and nothing else. At Duke University, he may not have, may or may not have been friends with the punchable Nazi Richard Spencer. He's been stated and later disputed. He had a column in the university called Miller Time. Yes, his columns are still archived. And no, you shouldn't put yourself through that. Here are just a few headlines. Hollywood and the Culture War, the case for Christmas. The attack of the secularist Scrooges. Racial hypocrisy and my favorite, sorry, feminists. After college, Miller worked for a press secretary for Tea Party members Michelle Bachman and John Shandag, and then worked as comm director for, get this, Jeff Sessions. I, David, I wrote this blog last summer, a year ago, and said Jeff Sessions was the source of all evil. We'll be back next week on the Immigration Hour in America's web radio. Thanks for listening. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.